Hello and welcome to the Odds Checker Betting Show. This is your Open Championship 2022 preview uh, with myself, your host, George Ellick, and Odds Checker's very own golf tipster, Niall Lyons. Niall, it's absolutely roasting where I am in London. Um, I'm, I'm a bit jealous that it seems to be a bit overcast, a bit milder over, over with you in Northern Ireland. Yeah, well, I'd swap you any time. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's certainly going to make for interesting conditions in the golf this week, but... Uh... Yeah, it's not the greatest here. I'm hoping it improves at some point. It's, it's really not good when you're watching the weather forecast, listening to everyone complain about how hot it is across <laughs> the water, like when we're just not getting it. Hopefully we'll get it in a few days. You never know. Well, I can promise trying to go to sleep in the seat isn't the most enjoyable. Um, but let's talk, you know, the, the, the Open this weekend is back at St Andrews for the 150th Open Championship. Um, one of the most famous venues, certainly. But... In terms of the course itself and conditions, a pretty different test, if we can really even call it a test for these uh, for this calibre of golfer. Yeah, just what we were talking there about the weather, I think it's gonna, I think it's gonna play a huge part this week. Having no wind, like, well, there's a little bit of wind forecast, but nothing that's gonna, uh, nothing that's gonna worry the golfers at all. Uh, obviously, there was a bit of wind in Scotland last week, and it did. Uh, cause a few problems in a couple of the rounds but the, the heat that's it's, it's going to be so warm this week by the looks of it and just let, you know St Andrews is easily tamed at the best of times and even the Open Championship is to be fair you know you look at the last seven Open Championships have been won in double figures under par and mm. you know a right few of them have been won in more than 15 under and better you know you, you worry about St Andrews this week slightly that you know that it'll make headlines that you know that that it's so easy and you know obviously that's it's always kind of a talking point when you come to St Andrews that it's it's one of those courses that there's you know the pot bunkers are the only are the only real defence if you've got no weather and and they are they are somewhat of a defence that that will play a huge part off the tee this week trying to avoid those pot bunkers because it's almost certainly a dropped shot. Whenever you, whenever you enter, it's a penalty, just like you know hitting it in the water. All you can do mm. is pitch out of them, so it's going to be important to avoid those this week. But you know, in terms of score wise, of course, I, I would certainly expect it to reach towards 20 under par uh, come the weekend. And you know, whether that throws up a slightly more volatile result than normal remains to be seen. Yeah, reading some quotes from Tiger Woods um, in the week, and he said, you know, the 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 key when he's played well at St Andrews, which is fairly regular when the, when the Open Championships are having won it twice, it is, is basically positioning his ball in the right place, making sure that off the tee, you, you know, you're hitting your tee shots into the right areas rather than just finding the fairways. In that sense, does course knowledge play quite a big part? Should we be looking, if you're looking at bigger price players, should you be looking at a Dunhill links form? Should you be looking at who played well when the Open was last year in 2015? And kind of what data points, what, 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 you know, model of player, what type of player do you think should go well uh, this weekend? Well, I think Tiger's definitely right that that a, a certain degree of strategy does come into it because, you know, even if, if anybody was watching the coverage yesterday, uh, Tim Barter talking with Rory McIlroy, you know, McIlroy mentioned that, you know, in particular the second hole, you, there's plenty of room, uh, or in the 17th, sorry, there's plenty of room mm. right that, you know, there's more room right than what you think. And uh, on certain holes, 
not not obviously maybe the par fives or, or those drivable par fours, but the par fours that are certainly, you know, decent two shotter holes. Uh, the right side of the fairways going to be mighty important to come in to try and get anywhere close to the flag. <coughs> and with the condition, one with the course firming up over the next few days as well, with the heat, that'll that'll become even more to it, into it. But uh, I I wrote a trends piece a couple of weeks ago and. You know, if you're looking somewhere to start, uh, data point wise, I th- I think Augusta is a really good uh, a really good pointer towards this. You know, even on the face of it, without looking at results, uh, an ability to play play the ball well, at St Andrews almost along the ground from you know around 50 yards and in, but uh, from 70 yards in. And pitching in and around the greens is going to be hugely important across the week. You know, getting up and down, getting close to giving yourself chances from those. You know, if you are hitting those par fours to within 50 or 60 yards of the green, giving yourself the best chance to get a birdie thereafter. Uh, and you look back, and then when you look back at results, it's, it's absolutely incredible when you look back at the, mm. the last couple of opens. 2015, uh, obviously, Zach Johnson. One back in 2015, he won the Open. The other two members in the playoff, Oosthuizen, of course, runner-up at Augusta. Leishman has a fourth-place finish. But out of the rest of the top ten, you've Spieth, Garcia, Willett and Scott, all with wins at Augusta, and Rose and Brooks Kapka with runners-up. You go back to 2010, uh, four of the top six have runners-up at Augusta. And you go back as far as 2005, Actually, six of the top ten back in 2005 have actually won at Augusta. It's an unbelievable, uh, it's an unbelievable set of statistics that, and I don't think that's going to change. I think the tests is that, the test is that similar and that important from around the greens that uh, those are the type of golfers that you're looking towards. And it's no surprise that the likes even Cameron Smith and all are popular this week with, with a game that good from 70 yards and in. So. Uh, yeah, that's certainly where I'm concentrated. Obviously, big hitters have always been a, a, a talking point at St Andrews down the years, and it, you know I, I can see a lot of the bombers being up there towards the end of the week. But I think key to their scoring will be how they perform on and around the greens. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's get into the. Um, we're going to go through your picks uh, now, and then we'll talk about a couple of other players in the field that you haven't picked. And then you tweeted out last night. We were recording this and a couple of people sending questions, so we'll cover those off uh, as well. But before we do get into the preview itself, uh, as is always the case, going to point the viewer in the direction of the Odds Checker app. Download the app now. Uh, there you can find the best prices. I mean, I do think with golf betting, uh, if you're not using Odds Checker, you're not doing it right, basically, because the, the prices vary so much and the place terms vary so much. And it is a bit of a puzzle uh, to make sure you're, you're kind of getting the best prices and best place terms possible for you, because it, it really does pay to do so. So to do download the app now and you can check yeah, the best uh, prices, booking offers, free bets, place terms uh, and Niles tips, uh, not just for the for the majors, but every weekend ahead of the golf goes straight to the app as well. So do download the app now. Um, just quickly to run through the top end of the market. So people who are coming into this blind to kind of understand where we are. Uh, Rory McIlroy is the 10 to 1 favourite for the Open Championship. Uh, Zander Schoffler is the 16 to 1 second favourite. Uh, Rahm and Spieth both 18 to 1. 
Matt, Matt Fitzpatrick, fresh off his victory, uh, his first major victory, uh, is 20 to 1 alongside world number one, Scotty Scheffler. Justin Thomas, 22 to 1. Uh, Shane Lowry, 25 to 1. Patrick Cantlay, 28. Cam Smith, 28. Zala Torres and last year's champion, uh, Colin Morikawa, both 30 to 1. 35 to 1. Fleetwood, Hatton, 40 to 1. Dustin Johnson, 40 to 1. Uh, 50 to 1, bar those. And it, it is interesting always with the Open. You know, where you're, you're seeing um, Fitzpatrick and Scheffler the same price. You're seeing Larry and Thomas the same price. Fleetwood and Johnson the same price. It just goes to show that, you know, that there aren't many uh, events worldwide where you'd have those players aligned, but because it is the Open Championship and a bit of a different test, um, the market does sometimes flag up some interesting prices. But we're going to go straight to the top end of the market. And those who... And, you know, I think a fair few people are, do do this. Those who take a, a very firm interest in the majors or maybe even just the Masters and the Open Championship uh, may have been surprised to hear me say that Zander Schoffler was the second favourite at 16 to 1. But he is the headline selection at three points each way. He was 18 to 1 when, you, when your column went live yesterday. Um, the best place terms you're going to get for those six, that 16 to 1 is with Betfred, who had 10 places. Uh and fair to say that Zander Schoffler not only is probably playing the best golf in the world at the moment, but he's fresh off some, some you know, as good a links form as you can possibly have, having won the, the Scottish Open last weekend. Yeah, and, and for me, that's key because you, you look at the results here down the years in the in the Open Championship, like Spieth, when he won, it, he won on his previous start. Stanson won the BMW uh, a couple of starts previous to the Open. Uh, Mickelson won. Uh, the week before winning the Open as well, was he won he won the Scottish, but uh, winning form is actually huge coming into this, and I, I don't think you can underestimate just how well Sanders Schofield is playing. Mm. Uh, he obviously won the Zurich Classic uh, in April alongside Cantley, but recently won the Travellers, then won the Scottish, and actually in between them won the the JP McMahon's Pro Am, of course, which was a great field as well. Uh, the golf he's playing is just on a different level to everyone else at the top of the leaderboard now, and I don't think I, I think it's hard to ignore, especially around the sixteen to one mark. You know, it's different if if he came in here around eleven or twelve to one, but given sixteen to one and how he's playing is it's just too hard to ignore for me. You know, he finished first in uh, tee to green stats last week in Scotland, and I think it was uh, I think it's seven of the last ten winners of the Open here played. Uh, played the Scottish uh, the week before, so I think it's a, it's a, it is a big advantage to have played the Scottish. Just the, the experience that he got there over the weekend, obviously a bit of wind blew, caused some problems throughout the week, but there was plenty of greens missed over the last couple of days and plenty of tight lays and plenty of pressure up and downs, where I think that'll that's going to play that's going to be a crucial part of, of winning at St Andrews this week. And he gained a lot of experience in that department last week that I think could hold him in good stead. Uh, I think his time has come to win a major, possibly as well. You know, we talk about uh, non-major winners being a, a, a big a big factor and possibly a bigger factor than those who have who have gotten over the line in one. And Schofield is probably probably the best golfer now in the world who, who has yet to win one. And everything aligns here. At St Andrews, I can't see, you know, just given the golf he's playing, I think it's different if you turned up to a course where there was a lot of danger. Uh, 
even say say a tough US open course just like Brookline a couple of weeks ago. Or a, a different open championship course like Birkdale, you know, where there's a, a shade more trouble. You've only really got to avoid the bunkers here in St Andrews. And you know, if your wedge game's all right and if you hold a few putts, you know, you could easily be in contention. The signs there for Shofla is just that he's driving the ball so well. His approach plays in good nick. He's putting well. His three putt avoidance is stats are very good as well, which is a huge part of it with a with the big greens here. There'll be plenty of golfers who'll have long putts and plenty who will be putting from off the green as well from 40 or 50 yards also. So, yeah, I just think it's too hard to ignore. And whilst McElroy turns up around the 11 to 1 mark, doesn't have anywhere near the same kind of form that Schofler has. Um, uh, he finished 14th at the US Open with as well, which is a, a decent result. Previous to that, 18th at the Memorial, 13th at the PGA. But that's two top 15s in the last two major championships, as well as the winning form coming in. I think 16 to 1 is, is very, very fair. And he's uh, every right, I would say, to be alongside Rory McIlroy in the market. It, with with shot with Shoffler, because he's playing so well, would you, as a backer and someone that wants to get with him, would you prefer that the conditions were a bit tougher? And do you worry at all that because birdies are, aren't going to be at a premium, um, the, the you know the less of a test could throw, throw up a more random result? Or are you still happy to think that even though we're likely to see birdies flying in everywhere, he'll still be able to make his class tell over the four days? Yeah, I think a tougher test obviously does suit the better golfers, and a more volatile result is more possible. You know, when you're talking about 20 under par winning. But I think the test is almost so sim, not so similar to last week, but you know, it's straightforward here at St Andrews. Bar the bar the the, the pot bunkers, and in particular the fairway bunkers, which you'll need to avoid. But Sanders one of the longest in the game as well. Uh, hits the ball an absolute mile, so he'll be able to find plenty of them bunkers and take on whatever he needs to take on. And I just think that winning form counts for a lot. There's nobody coming in with anywhere near that kind of form. Fitzpatrick, mm. Fitzpatrick maybe is probably uh, the best re- recent form alongside him, but uh, the only the only negative for me that might be a bit of fatigue, you know what I mean? He obviously won the Travellers, won the Scottish, and in between that Won the, won the JP Pro-Am down in the Durham Manor. So he's played a lot of golf and has played a lot of winning golf under pressure as well, which is the only slight negative is that, you know, does that begin to weigh heavy on him at some point, you know, if he's in the final couple of groups on Saturday and Sunday. But I'm hopeful I'm hopeful it doesn't. Uh, it's not the most sternest of tests around St Andrews. So, uh, you know, his game off the tee and, his, and his, in particular his approach play is absolutely flying and his, and his putter's very hot as well. So I don't see any negatives. And I think someone, you imagine the likes of Spieth coming in with that winning form? Yeah. Or, or McElroy coming in. If McElroy had won the Scottish and the Travellers, he'd be going off an 11 2 shot here. Mm. And if Spieth had won the Scottish or the Travellers, he'd be coming in single figures as well. I think the 16 to 1 about Shuffle is very fair. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Shoffler, a player who was criticised over the last few years for, for not being able to get over the line, but he certainly has left that well behind in the last few weeks. 
as well. Uh, and I remember when he put up Zander on his open debut back at Carnoustie in 2018, and, and, he, and he probably should have won that event. It was just fortunate that you'd also put up the winner in Molinari as well. Uh, so Three, 340 we got in the machine that week. On Unbelievable. It's hard to believe, isn't it? Yeah, I certainly wasn't on at that price. Um, <laughs> uh, Zonda 16 to 1. Um, Niall's headline selection. Um, next up, and you know my job here, Niall, is to play devil's advocate at some point, but I, um, you know, you, you put up a player here whose <clears throat> quality is uh, absolutely clear to anyone. Um, but Justin Thomas, having, you know, won a second major this summer, his, his open championship form does read 53, miscut, miscut, 11th and then 40th last year at Royal St. George's. But he is the second pick, uh, two points each way at 22 to one. Um, he is, yeah, still 22 to one around, if you want your, your place terms, your best place to go is Hills, who are fifth and nine JT at 22 to one. Yeah, I think you're... Your analysis there is, is open for him. It is the worry this week, obviously. Uh, but he hasn't played an open at St Andrews yet. And I think St Andrews will suit him down to the ground. And I think it's probably his best chance of winning an open championship. Somewhere where uh, you've got tight lays from 50 or 60 yards in is going to be a huge part of the week. And there's not many better in the world than Justin Thomas at that. It was, it was one of the main reasons why... We backed him at the Masters, and of course he had a horrible first round, but you know, rallied the rest of the week to get right up there towards the end. Of, obviously, not nowhere near the you know the top two who were on the way with it at one stage, but he got right back into it that week. And I think that that ability just to clip the ball so nicely from 30 or 40 yards from the green is going to be going to be a huge advantage for him this week. And as the course firms up, I think it'll be even more of an advantage. Uh, be able to hit the ball and get and get it to stop beside the pin. Uh, his credentials are obviously, you know, he's obviously one of the best golfers in the world this last number of years, and he has a major win this year. And it just wouldn't surprise me if he lands a second one now. Uh, he missed the cut in Scotland last week, uh, which doesn't really worry me. Uh, you know, Morikawa finished 71st, I think, in the Scottish Open, right back at the end of the field last year before going on to win at St. George's. Mm. The fact that he played it is uh, is an advantage, I think, anyway. I think you do need to... It is an advantage to have having played the Scottish. Uh, he obviously went to Ireland, good preparation in Ireland, uh, played Tralee, which Stuart Sink done, actually, whenever, uh, before he went and won the Open. You know, he obviously had a lesson with Tiger on Sunday night walking around the old course with Tiger yeah I think he he did the same at Augusta tried to glean as much as he could off Tiger at Augusta uh, he obviously had a bad first round but it paid off the final three rounds what he gleaned off Tiger I'm sure uh, on Sunday night will stand him in good stead too uh, the only you know as I mentioned in the preview I pointed out at the start of the PGA that he had drifted to 25 during the first round, and I thought that was a big enough number. And he was 25 in the machine when I tipped him up yesterday as well. Mm. And I just think, for someone of his quality, and for someone who has those possesses those skills around the greens, and someone who's already won a major this year, I think it's fair enough, and I think it's worth backing. More, it's more. Uh, the price about Justin Thomas this mm. week that has tempted me than anything else. 
yeah, would recommend to anybody who doesn't check out Ben Curley's player by player guide uh, over on Sporting Life. Uh, an amazing feat of work. And just reading JT's um, input there from Ben, you know, interesting to know he's played one round at St Andrews back in 2013 and shot a 66 kind of in the early stages of his career. And even though he's had some some pretty poor open championship form, he's normally tailed off. You know, he's had good rounds in 2016, 17, 18, and 19. So, um, it, it's not been all bad uh, for JT uh, on links. And as you say, some evidence there that maybe St Andrews is where it'll come together for him uh, in this event. Um, the third selection, boo, it's a, it's, it's a live golf player. And I've been kind of stunned to see the numbers of some of the live players um, yeah. this weekend. It's kind of, it's bizarre. It's almost like it's a PR stunt by the PGA Tour just to lay the pants off them to try and get them to massive numbers so that they look... Like uh, like also rounds, but um, DJ is the one you've gone for. Um, is your your third selection? One point five points each way for DJ at thirty three to one, taking the twelve places that was on offer with Paddy Power. That's now gone. But the best price we're getting is forty to one, with just five places, or you can get thirty five to one uh, with ten places at Betfred. Uh, DJ um, went well uh, here, didn't he? And in two thousand and fifteen, and you think he can replicate that here? Yeah, I backed him back in 2015 when he led after two rounds. I think I backed him at, at uh, more or less half the price than what he is this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, he's a decent open championship record as well. Four top tens. The most recent of them was last year at St George's. Uh, I think he has a great game for St Andrews. Just absolutely bombs away. And he's got a good wedge game. And he's talking a good wedge game too. He's saying that his wedges are a lot uh, much improved. And that, to be fair, that even that bore out in the, in the PGA Championship where he missed a cut. His approach play was absolutely off the charts for those couple first couple of rounds. Obviously, he wasn't around for the weekend. And his long game again was in great nick at the US Open too, only to, to be let down by you know a poor putter once again. Uh, his putting has been an issue actually this year. It's, it's held him back. Uh, obviously, we know that now that he's banned from the PGA Tour, but. You know, he's playing live golf now and two decent results there, eighth and third. You know, as we know, them fields aren't, aren't horrendous. They're they're strong enough towards the top of the market anyway. Uh, but a lot of them are out of form, as you say, and a lot of them have drifted to big prices. But if anyone's going to overcome that, it could be Dustin Johnson. He's got the mindset, you know, he, he really, you know, he strolls around that he doesn't, that he, like he doesn't have a car in the world. And... Thought it was interesting actually that he played it, you know, a bit of practice with McElroy as well at St Andrews earlier on in the week. And maybe maybe McElroy's trying to glean some information and try and smooth out relations or whatever. You know, McElroy has uh, eased somewhat on, on some of the things he's been saying about live golf, but uh, I definitely think that he's a massive danger this week. Uh, as I said, he led it halfway, but then in 2015, but the weather that came in over there in the last couple of days was absolutely horrendous, didn't suit him at all. Uh, I think his open championship, his uh, Augusta record is obviously superb, which is what I think is a, a massive point of this week. He's, he won the November edition. He's got a runner-up in, in April as well. Uh, and there's 33-1, to 40-1 to 1 out there. It's definitely worth chancing. I think Dustin Johnson... It, his form earlier on he was getting married earlier on in the year as well his form could his poor form might have had something to do with that but he's actually got some eye-catching form when you look at it he obviously made uh, 
the semis of the of the match play. Uh, 24th in the US Open, 12th in the Masters too, uh, 9th at Sawgrass. So he's got some decent form this year. And his, his golf recently, even in, in uh, Portland there, finished third. There's really no negatives. And I think, you know, if he had turned up here with a third place finish, either at, at uh, the Travellers or maybe the Scottish, we could be talking a lot different, a lot of a shorter price here around the 25 to 1 mark. So 33s, 40s, definitely worth taking with the place terms available. Dustin Johnson there, uh, the third on the list. We've had three Americans so far, and we're going to make it four. But this is a lively outsider, as good a three-figure poke as you're going to get, Niall, according to your column. Um, not a player that I would have found myself backing before reading your column. And now, having read that, I'm going to be getting on as soon as we finish the call. Um, Keith Mitchell, 150 to 1, uh, best price. That is with Bet365, um, but for the fancy places you can get 125 to 1 with Skybet 11 places uh, Mitchell had a very very good putting week last weekend uh, and you've done some digging and, and found that there are reasons to think he might go well at St Andrews yeah absolutely uh, he doesn't have the major experience that I really value in back in you know uh, obviously a, a previous close call in a major championship is huge for me I think when back on golfers uh, to win the following major, obviously Keith Mitchell doesn't have that, uh, but and he, he's missed a cut. That there's only two open appearances as well. But I think he his best finish in a major so far is 34th. But I am massively bullish that he can improve on that this week. Uh, a resident of Sea Island as well, where he grew up playing college golf, uh, used to play in golf on the coast and in the wind, and that uh, translated to a win at PGA National. Which is obviously, which is always a tough golf course to play, and always uh, wind always plays a factor there. And you can see that in the roll call of winners. Uh, just this century, you've got Leonard, Justin Leonard, Todd Hamilton, Padraig Harrington, Ernie Els, and Rory McIlroy, who have won the Honda and won the Open Championship. And you look back at runners up: Parnovic, Kuchar, Scott, and Fowler. All guys who have played well in open championships as well. Keith Mitchell has won there, so I think that's it's always it's always important to look at the roll call of winners and contenders mm. at the Honda Open when you're looking at an open championship. Uh, played great golf recently, seventh in Canada, sixth the Travelers, uh, top twenty at the Memorial as well. Went to Scotland last week uh, and finished with a final round of 66 uh, to finish. Uh, 36th as well, which is you know a very decent result. There's another who's is pl- putting extremely well, and I do think the putter is important this week. Now it's one club that's hard to predict, as we always mention, and someone who's uh, even putting poorly can easily go on to have a good week. But those who are putting well in the in the run up to St Andrews, I'm actually quite uh, bullish about, and he's he, he's putting great, putted very well at, at Scotland as well. Uh, uh, you mentioned Ben Coley's player guide. I actually hadn't noticed. I didn't know this, but he pointed out a, a very interesting fact that his that his father's actually a member of the Royal Indians, Royal mm. Ancient, and his sister went to school there at St Andrews as well. So uh, he's got ties there, and he's looking forward to the, uh, playing the Open at St Andrews. I think, as as I say, he's probably the liveliest outsider for me at triple figures. Interesting. Keith Mitchell there, yeah, 150 to 1. Uh, the liveliest outsider there for Niall um, and 11 places with Skybet. Uh, 1.25 points each way. So that will 
send uh, if you're following Niles taking plan and Keith Mitchell goes and does I was going to say does a Ben Curtis but that might be a bit um, disrespectful to Keith um, but goes uh, we, we, you, you look at it and even Dada Golf have got him 31st in the world like that, yeah. that, that's their ranking of him anyway I think he just ranks outside the top 50 in the world but the, you know Dada Golf have even got him ranked you know just outside the top 30 I think he's playing unbelievable golf at the minute and you know obviously two top 10s in the PGA Tour followed by a positive result in Scotland with a, with a, with you know, with positives on the greens as well, and the final round of 66. There's a lot. There's a lot going for him to be sitting there at uh, 125 to one. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, three more selections for Niall. Um, we've had four uh, Americans to, to start the column, but you're ticking off three other continents with the next three, starting with a, a green jacket owner in Hideki Matsuyama, uh, who you put up uh, 40 to one with 12 places. I have a feeling that might have gone since. Uh, went live, but you can still get 45 to one. Um, you can get 50 to one, five places. You can get 45 to one, eight places. Uh, or yeah, that's probably the best way to go. Um, but Hideki, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously the Augusta form line is something you're keen to to get with. Yeah, absolutely. And just some of the things that he's done recently, it's it's very hard to ignore and to leave him off your staking plan, given the the danger he possesses when when, when performing like this. Obviously, he must have cut at the open. But uh, or not the Open, the Scottish Open. But he was on the wrong side of the draw. There was one side of the draw there that experienced, you know, almost a three-shot deficit uh, over those couple of days. The wind blew very hard in the afternoon uh, session of the first day, uh, and then the, the course setup bizarrely changed from rounds one to two as well, which is a disgrace, really. Uh, so the missed cut last week at the Scottish Open doesn't bother me in the slightest. Uh, I'd rather look to his, his fourth place at the US Open, uh, where he finished second on approach. And two starts previous at the Bayern Nelson, when he finished third, he topped the approach stats there that week. That's some of the best approach play in his career, basically. And the upside, the backing him when he's when he's playing that can, can be absolutely huge. Obviously, I've mentioned the uh, Augusta correlations as well, which he, which he, he really has. He's played well in Opens too, two top fives in open championships before and some may forget that he's actually won twice on the PGA Tour this season mm. as well which is easily forgotten about because his last one came you know at the in Hawaii near the start of the year but two wins in the PGA Tour turning up here between 40 and 50 to 1 given as you know that he finished fourth in the US Open I hold a lot of emphasis on the last Major performance and a top five there is huge. It's not one you would all, you'd automatically look to, thinking that, yeah, he'd play great around St Andrews, but uh, his approach play is just that good that you know when he's got those wet, when he's got those wedge shots from you know 125 and 150 yards, he's as dangerous as anyone else in the field. So if you can manage to hold a few putts, I think he's he, he could be a big contender. Hideki Matsuyama uh, there. 40 to one um, for Hideki to you know, justify that hope for, you know, someone who's been burnt by Hideki back in before hope for a good putting week. Um, but uh, yeah, certainly, as you say, approach play better than anybody's uh, two more. Uh, Seamus power is, is next up. Um, you're well, an Irish compatriot of yours. Um, Seamus having a, a fantastic season. Uh, you put him up at a hundred to one um, for uh, with 12 places. Uh, his price currently is uh, a bit shorter than that. He's 100 to 1 with five places, but uh, 90 to 1, eight places, uh, seemingly the best way to go uh, for Shane. It's been a bit of money for him steadily over the last kind of 12 hours. 
um, for 24 hours or so. Um, why Why do you think Shane? I mean, obviously, you've got to have one, you know, British or Irish player in the staking plan. What was it about Seamus that, that makes you think that he's the one who could, uh, who could go well this weekend? Well, you, you do have the likes of uh, Hatton and, and Fleetwood, who are so short, you know, aren't they? A, almost a third. They're about a third of the price that, that, that Seamus Power is. And arguably, Seamus Power has played better golf all year long mm. and, and consistently as well. Uh, obviously, he got his win last, he got his win last year exa- in this exact week, actually, uh, last year by winning the Barbasol, uh, which ran alongside the Open. So, uh, or was it the week before? I can't really remember. But it's at the same time of year anyway. But he's 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 played remarkably consistent golf th- this year, and for someone, it's it's just an unbelievable rise in the quality of golf. I think he was a, I think he was around five hundredth in the world uh, this time a year ago, and now he's uh, in the top. I think he's just outside the top thirty in the world. Uh, but his golf recently has been tremendous, and there's there's one big you know, he had two top five finishes you know early on in the season but uh, fourth the RSM and third in Hawaii at Sony which is of course by the uh, coast but he's not an Irish player you would you would normally associate with links golfer or anything because he's been a college US golfer and slightly different uh, background to the likes of uh, McElroy and Shane Larry but. Uh, his, his major golf this season has been tremendous. 27th at the Masters, uh, 9th at the PGA, and then 12th at the US Open. That's really solid form coming into an Open Championship. And there's a big negative against debutants here in the Open Championship. Not many of them do it. Morikawa did, but not many of them get over the line being a debutant. And you obviously wouldn't expect Power to get over the line at 100 to 1. But nevertheless, I do think he's worth backing. Uh, one of the most consistent performances across the year and in the majors, and he's overcome the debutante, uh, the debutante negatives in the, in the previous majors, mm-hmm. especially at Augusta as well, finishing top 30. So there's no reason why he can't overcome it here. And he hits the ball a long way. Uh, there's no negatives in his game. He's a, he's a great all-rounder. Very good putter as well, which I think is important this week. So, uh, yeah, I, I just think Seamus Park could go very well. Emulate what uh, Paul Dunn did. Obviously, he was an amateur when he joint led the Open here at St Andrews in 2015 before going into the final day. I think Seamus Power would have a bit more class if he got into the same position. And you know, he's riding the crest of a wave, and I just really wouldn't rule him out. He's not that young of a golfer either. He's 35 years of age, and you look at that—that's the kind of age you're looking to. Uh, Mid 30s towards 40 years mm-hmm. of age, you do really well. And open championships down the years, so yeah, at around 100 to one, I thought he was worth backing. Shame is power 0.75 of a point each way. Um, the penultimate selection, and finally, Christian Bezadenhu. Um, you've got him at 100 to one each way. That price is still knocking around 125 to one best price with, with 365 eight places, 100 to one nine places uh, on offer as well, uh, or even 100 to one ten places with with uh, with Betfred. A uh, player again who's coming into this, you know, a good path to who comes into this in decent form. Yeah, exactly. And he's long since been talked about as a golfer who could potentially win a major, but uh, he's, he would. He's not on many. Uh, he's not many many radars this week going into St Andrews, but he is on mine. I think it, if the more strategy comes into it across the week, 
the more of a chance that Bazidenhout will have. And I think that that's why I want to have him included. Uh, if the course gets really fiery and uh, strategy off the tee and position becomes slightly more important than what we think it might at this stage, then this, I think the South African might have uh, a fair chance. He, he, he's, a, he's a really classy golfer. He's obviously got a win at Leopard Creek, which is a tough golf course in South Africa. Also has the win at Valderrama as well, where uh, strategy is paramount importance going around Valderrama. Uh, two top fives at Wentworth as well in the BMW PGA. Shows that he can mix it with the best fields. Plus, again, it's that element of strategy around Wentworth keeping the ball in play. Uh, obviously, you have to miss the pop bunkers off the tee and all this week. Uh, he has a runner-up in guitar. Guitar has always been a huge pointer towards uh, open championship form. Uh, again, doesn't he lacks the kind of major experience that I would like, and as with some of the others towards the top of the market that have backed. Uh, but nevertheless, I think what he's done recently, finishing second in the John Deere PGA Tour event, 16th in the Scottish Open, closed with a 66, just like Keith Mitchell as well, uh, with the second best round of the day. It was only better by Jason Scrivener on Sunday. Uh, you know, he, he's got a lot of positives heading in here, and I think uh, he's another, as you say, with uh, good putting form, playing well with a putter. And I think, you know, He's another he's another one worth playing at triple figures. As I say, I'm hoping with Bazidenhout that strategy comes into it uh, a shade more than what we're talking about at the minute. But that uh, could be the play whenever the course fires up. That even those get, even the wizards from around 50 or 60 yards are struggling to keep the ball near the hole, and someone who doesn't possess the length off the tee, which is Bazidenhout. I mean, he'll be left with slightly longer wedges into the green, but he maybe has a bit more height on his ball. You know, it could just play out that way, and that's why I want to have him on the Stegen plan. Justin Bazidenhout, the final one, I'd say 125 to 18 places, 100 to 1, 10 places with Betfred, the final selection for Niall. So just to run through them quickly, and you can find these on the app, as I say. Xander Schoffler, the three-point each way headline selection. Justin Thomas next up, two points each way. Dustin Johnson, 1.5 points each way. Keith Mitchell, the big price, triple figure selection, 1.25 points each way. Hideki Matsuyama, uh, 40 uh, to 1, uh, 1.25 points each way. Uh, Seamus Power and Christian Zedenhut, both uh, three quarters of a point each way as well. Uh, we'll quickly go through some of those at the top end of the market that people will, will want to hear your thoughts on. Uh, you mentioned Rory McIlroy there a second ago. Um, you know, he will be very popular coming into this. He's certainly playing, or has played some of the best golf we've seen from him in recent uh, years over the last couple of months. Uh, how do you think this test will, will suit him or, or, or not? He, he's certainly uh, happier than I've ever seen him. And I pointed out at the start of the year, and I think the whole bunker shot that, at the last at, at Augusta uh, was a turning point in terms of lifting a bit of pressure and weight off his shoulders and that, that's boy I think he's you know he went on to finish fifth uh, or eighth at the PGA and fifth at the US Open and he's spurring chances there at those two majors to be fair and he won't be happy about that and he'll be looking to put it right at St Andrews uh, obviously shot 63 here back in 2015 before being blown away I think he shot 80 in the, in the second round uh, he obviously has great credentials around a course like this, but it's mainly the price that put me off betting him this week. 
uh, around 11-12. Mark just doesn't quite interest me, given the chances that he's spurned this year. And uh, he does come in with winning form, having won the Canadian, you know, two or three starts ago. Uh, so I do think on paper he has everything going. But it's simply the price that put me off, and that's why I wouldn't be back on. Roy McIlroy, a little bit too short there for Nile in the market. But um, next up, two players whose links form is as good as anybody's in the world. Uh, John Rahm and Jordan Spieth, both 18 to 1. Yeah, and every chance uh, that either could go well this week. I'll start with John Rahm, I think. Uh, given his links form, and you're talking like you're, you're looking towards 20 to 1, you've got 20 to 1 in the exchange or so, it's certainly tempting. And you could look silly at the end of the week for, you know, not getting involved with it. But I'd err on the side of uh, being confident enough that he's not going to win. He doesn't just look quite in the right headspace this this year. He's done a lot of complaining. And obviously, Mm. we know Ram's done that down the years. But, you know, when he won his US Open and all last year, it seemed that he had overcome a lot of those hurdles. But this year, he's been very moany. And, you know, even seen him back at... uh, in the desert in California at the American Express, complaining about the setup there, a course that are courses that he has won on, an event that he won, you know, and he's complaining about the easy setup and blah blah. Uh, he just hasn't looked a happy camper all year, and doesn't come in with uh, the approach play mainly that that I would want him uh, to be performing well on. You know, at the start of the year he was playing off the charts with his irons and that's just not the case anymore he was struggling with his putter earlier on in the year and he has sorted that out uh, putting a lot better in recent months but uh, his iron play just isn't up to scratch where I'd be looking to back him and then you know, couple that with uh, his mental state of mind it just doesn't uh, doesn't look like he's worth a bet this week Spieth on the other hand uh, has every chance uh I think I looked back uh, some records. I think he, I think he was around a thirteen to two shot in this in two thousand and fifteen, believe it or not, which is incredible. Uh, like, yeah, uh, you know, turns up at you know three times that price this week almost. Uh, played well in Scotland, obviously. He's just not quite hitting the heights on all parts of his game that I'd be looking uh, when looking for a major, a major winner. You know, uh, neither department, uh, putting approach play. Uh, is off the charts at the minute and I'm looking for someone who's who's really excelling in some of those departments when looking for a potential major winner and Spieth just doesn't quite hit them heights for me now we've seen him win the Heritage earlier on in the year with you know put, with a bad putter you know what I mean which is he can overcome these easily he could even put poorly this week and still win because that's the likes of Jordan Spieth but neither department especially as approach play it's just quite good enough for me at the minute where I'm looking to back around that market far rather back likes of Chauffeur around the same price who's playing you know off the charts in almost every department I'd rather give him a run than the likes of Spieth but there'll be, he'll be have plenty of supporters this week and uh, if none of my guys are around on Sunday then I'll be, <laughs> I'll be cheering him on <laughs> you know but then you look you look at last year and I know you were, you were there and you followed him at, at St George's mm. last year in the final round him and Morikawa going head to head. That's another thing. It was really favourable conditions that week as well. Uh, sunny, warm, especially in the final day that day. The same presents itself this week, and I do think the Americans will be a force to reckon with. I think when the when the weather is good, 
and there's little wind it'll really suit the americans and that's why you know as you said i've gone with four americans in mistaken plan and you know if any other americans were going to win it i think space would be almost top of the list yeah on to uh Two other major winners, well, two major winners uh, this year. Uh, Matt Fitzpatrick, US Open champion, 20 to 1, and Scotty Scheffler, world number one, and uh, Masters champion as well. I- I'd have been pretty surprised given what Scheffler's done. Let's start with Scheffler, what he's done this season. Um, and given, you know, we've, we've spoken about Augusta form and St Andrews form. And, you know, there's there's been, I guess, a, a bit of a dip in form. But to see him going off the number he is um, will surprise a few, I'd have thought. Yeah, I agree with you. And um, of everyone towards the top of the market, he was the one who he wrestled with most mm-hmm. in terms of not backing. Uh, as you say, around that market, I think he's around twenty on the machine, and you know, probably around sixteen to one out there. He was the one I wrestled with the most. Uh, as you say, the Augusta form is a big pointer, but uh, the thing that put me off slightly was just that his approach play. Anna's off the tee game has his performances have decreased slightly in the last couple of weeks, and that was just enough to put me off. He's not quite hitting the same heights as he was whenever he won the Arnold Palmer and the Mass play and the Masters. Uh, now he obviously he turned he, he's turned up second uh, at Colonial, which is you know you would think maybe not a course that suited him, so it it gives his versatility on all the courses is a huge advantage. He turns up at the US Open and really spurned a chance there at the US Open. Uh, you know, he got into the lead early on on Saturday and uh, it looked like at one stage he was going to romp away with it. I think he, mm. he, had a, he had two or three shot lead at one stage when he had to come back to the field. So a missed opportunity there and since at the Travellers, 13th Travellers, missed cut last week, doesn't overly worry me but then again, he wasn't playing great. Doesn't, uh, doesn't inspire you with confidence, but just as his level has slightly dropped, I think, and that was the only reason. Slightly dropped from when he was winning the Masters and stuff earlier on in the year. That's the only reason that slightly put me off. But his game, I think, will suit St Andrews, uh, especially off the tee, and I think he'll, he'll, he'll be absolutely bombs away, and he'll try and attack every hole. And if he managed to, have, if he has a hot putter on the week. Or has a really good short game on or, or, or around the greens, then he'll be a big factor. There's, there's no doubt about that. The question marks probably surround a short game more than anything else from 70 mm-hmm. yards and in. If he performs well in that department, he'll be right up there. And Fitzpatrick, Fitzpatrick, on the other hand, looks a bit short to me in the market. Uh, he possesses everything you need around here, too. Uh, Obviously, off the tee, he's he's a colossus these days. And you know, five years ago, if you were talking about Fitzpatrick winning an open at St Andrews, you you would be laughing. You you'd be looking to the other uh, venues like Birkdale for Fitzpatrick. But now he he, he probably holds a, a fair chance around St Andrews. How long? How far he hits the ball? And he comes in with great form. Obviously, won the US Open and then sixth last week in Scotland. Played very well, uh, performing well throughout the bag as well. But again, not quite hitting the heights in those departments than the likes of Schofler. That's why my argument that Schofler around 16 to 1 is value is, you know, I, I stick bad simply because of how better he's performing than everyone else around him in the market. You know, on approach play, around the greens, and putting. Uh, he's just, 
he's the best golfer in the world the last couple of weeks in those departments. So I think the 16 to one's value for him, whilst everyone else around this mark, especially at St Andrews, where you're looking towards 20 under, I think it may be prudent to play Sanders Schofla and then a right number from further on down the field around the 33 to one, 40 to one mark that, you know, potentially have a big upside. Shane Lowry uh, won the event in very different conditions at Portrush. Um, went very, very well at Augusta as well after you put him up uh, this year too. Uh, he's 25 to 1 and Patrick Cantlay 28 to 1 after a decent showing uh, in Scotland. Yeah, Cantlay I can't have simply because of his, his major form and continues, yeah. to, continues to let everybody down, including me when they get on. So if he, go, <laughs> if he, win, if he wins, so be it. I'm not backing him again. Yeah. Uh, and in similar fashion, Larry can win the Open at around 25 to 1 for all he wants as well, but I won't be on. Uh, he, he does have the credentials around here, to be fair, his, his game around the greens. Uh, you know, when, when we arrived at Port Rush, the slopes and everything around the greens spelt everything towards Larry winning, winning that Open Championship. It was, it was a clue that I, I actually missed, but looking back on it, uh, I regret that. And Around St Andrews, it's the same thing. The slopes around the greens and all. It will suit Larry, uh, and he's playing well too. But the putter has tailed off slightly in the last month or so, which is a big, which is a bit of a worry because he was putting very well all year. And Larry relies on that putter. You know what I mean? When he starts missing putts from inside ten feet, and so he doesn't particularly score well. And he missed a cut at the U.S. Open, which uh, is isn't a big positive heading in here as well. Uh, finished ninth in the Irish Open, which is a fair enough result. Uh, skipped Scotland, but uh, yeah, has all the credentials, as I say, but just the price, more than anything, puts you off. And we get to finish this run through by talking about three players that I've backed. So you can now, uh, that's handy, isn't it? I have three players here. Cameron Smith being the first um, who, uh, at the Genesis uh, in, in the Scottish Open last weekend, uh, finished tied 10th, but had a 75 on the Friday, but a 70, 67 and a 67, uh, sorry, 68 and a 68 either side of, of that, and then uh, a 67 on the Sunday as well, and had his best Open Championship um, performance thus far. Last year, um, where he was kind of in touch going to Sunday and then, and then dropped away on Sunday as well. Um, my thinking there being, I'll justify my, my selections before you, you pick them apart. My thinking being that Smith, especially with, they like to be pretty, pretty fiery and pretty dry. Um, it should suit the, uh, you know, the Australian conditions that he'd grown up in. Well, as uh, a tourist, 30 to 1. Um, obviously with Drew last year at St George's uh, after a very, good opening round but um one of the worst putts we've ever seen in, in major major tournament history uh, but he seems to have sorted his putting out uh, in majors and, and i think he's you know having gone back to the kind of number we saw him uh, be for for the um for the the pga and the the masters um he just seems like a guy who turns it on at these kind of events and you mentioned there you know Scheffler being able to attack the course. I think Zalatoris will have a similar opportunity to kind of bomb his way off the tee and then and then try and put himself as close as possible. And then Morikawa seems to me to have drifted to a, a massive number. You know, he missed the cut at the Scottish Open, um, but, you know, was on the wrong side of the draw. Um, he was the best player in the field for three days by a stretch, really, at the US Open as well, uh, to suggest that his golf is kind of going back in the right direction. And he mentioned that the conditions could be pretty similar to as they were last uh, on, on Sunday at the at the Open Championship last year. So for him to be kind of 30 to 1 with all the places, um, defending his title uh, looks pretty fair to me. 
Yeah, start with Morikawa there. He was another one I wrestled with, to be fair, just because of the price. And I was kicking myself that I wasn't on at the same price when he turned up at the US Open uh, yeah. and played that well. And, you know, I was kicking myself after a couple of days. I was thinking this man's going to win this at 28-1. It'll, it'll be Bruce Capgo all over again that we missed out on the big price whenever he wins a major. But, uh, yeah... There's not many negatives around him. He actually putted quite well in Scotland last week whenever he missed a cut, which mm. is which is a good sign for him. And putted well, of course, at the US Open too. Uh, when I looked at St Andrews, and obviously I consider Augusta a big pointer, of which uh, Morikawa was obviously finished fifth there this year, which was, which was his first big effort there. But he doesn't quite strike me as the winner of St Andrews Open. So he's not the big hitter. Now, uh, he overcomes that on plenty of courses as versatility and, you know, his approach play is just that, that potent that uh, he can overcome those things. But he just doesn't strike me as that swashbuckling, attacking golfer that wins around St Andrews. And that was basically the only thing that that kept him off the staking plan for me because he's at the right price and he's certainly interesting anyway. So... Uh, You'd certainly be excited about putting them around that mark anyway. You would certainly wouldn't put anybody off getting involved around the twenty-eight to one mark. It's, it could it could really look silly after winning the, the Open at St George's last year that the, the, he turns up at the Open. So, when he won the Open last year at St George's, if someone told you he turns up twenty-eight to one for the next one, or the US Open for that matter, mm. which I didn't back him there either. You know, you are you are running a tightrope if you don't back him at that price in a major. So. Uh, fair play to you for backing him, and yeah, it could pay off easily. Uh, Salatoris, uh, the only reason why I didn't include him was because I thought that his talents best lay on a tougher golf course than St Andrews. Yeah. And yes, he has the length, and yes, he puts well enough in majors to be a factor here, but I can just see him winning a major around, you know, the likes of Torrey Pines or, or, or a long, tough US major layout, I think is more is more than likely going to be his first major victory. And for that reason alone, I was happy enough just to leave him off the staking plan. But again, it's a danger. Someone like him with a, with, with a major record he's got, I'm running on the tightrope again. Uh, leaving them off the staking plan, so you, you've certainly got two lively runners there with their major record that you can certainly be excited about punting around that mark. Uh, Cameron Smith was quite an easy one for me to leave off the list this week, uh, simply because his huge, uh, his huge plus is uh, his approach play. Well, one of his obviously. He, he's, you know he's got a great putter. He's a great putter on his day as well. But you know, let me down a couple of ma- a couple of majors ago. But uh, his approach play has definitely uh, tailed off this last couple of uh, weeks. He obviously missed a cut at the US Open, which wasn't a good sign. Uh, now, whether that their venue suited him or not, it probably didn't because he is a bit wild off the tee and you end up in trouble around Brookline. It's it's tough to hit the greens, and you're going to be under pressure from from the pump. But tenth uh, in, in the Scottish last week is a decent sign. But he was 68th on approach, which I couldn't believe. Now, that might be a positive, simply because mm. he's got so much to improve on from one week to the next. 
but you know he he was he ranked near last in the field of those who made the cut uh, on approach play, which was a surprise to me. And that's going to be a huge part of the task this week. Uh, how you perform from 70 yards and in, which he is usually a wizard at, to be fair. But the last couple of efforts at the US Open on the Scottish is, is the only thing that slightly worries me. And I think the form that he was showing earlier on in the year when he won, uh, obviously won when he won Hawaii and then won on Sawgrass and then contended for a long way at the Masters and then looked a lively contender for every major after that. I just don't think he's in the quite quite in the same vein of form than what he was earlier on the season. So, uh, given that he, he's hovered around the same price ever since uh, after the Masters, which he didn't win, uh, it's just quite easy to leave off the list this week. I just don't think he's in the same uh, form than what he was earlier on in the year, and that's the gamble that'll take on. But your previous two, I, I'd be very worried about leaving them off the list, and if either of the two of them win, I know I'll be kicking myself on Sunday. I won't be. <laughs> I'll be over the moon. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I looked into this, and, and for Smith, you know, he had a, obviously had a horror show on the Friday. Um, you know, he was uh, he lost 2.16 strokes on the field in approach play and 2.4 around the greens, which for him is absolutely ridiculous. And he kind of trended back in the right direction. And on, on the on the Sunday, um, Smith picked up a point. 9-1 shots on approach and, and 1.06 around the green. So hopefully kind of that trend continues because you have to think if you post those kind of numbers uh, over the weekend, then, then he should be there or thereabouts. Fingers crossed. We'll see. Um, before I let you go, Niall, to um, melt here in London, um, uh, we'll just go through the um, three questions that we were asked Um from Joe Lyons, um, interesting, two of them with the same surnames as you. You've got a couple of couple of fans, I think, in the family. Uh, how much will Shufflers finish at Carnoustie in 2018 come into play this year, especially off the back of last week's result? I obviously backed him back in 2018 there at Carnoustie, but I think is uh, I could actually see him winning an Open Championship around a slightly more strategic golf course than what St Andrews is, and I would have imagined that. Uh, you know, he's won all around you know a lot of strategic golf courses to, in his career you know east lake for example being one plays very well there but uh, i think more than anything else it's just going to be bombs away this week and i don't think it, it is it, obviously having previous open forums an advantage but uh carnese is a totally different task than what st andrews is and his recent chauffeur's recent form trumps everything else I think and I think that's why that I'm quite confident that he'll be in the mix at the weekend uh, just simply because all departments of his game are, are off the charts so uh, it's his long ball off the tee, hits the ball a mile and everything else in his game has been fine work in order but yeah it's a, certainly no negative obviously to have the form around Carnoustie but it's a totally different golf course and not uh, something that you would look to for any data points you know and then uh, next up, a more general question um, about the course itself uh, from Andrew Smith. Well, Niall, so he doesn't want to hear what I've got to say. Uh, is there a chance that the course could become obsolete due to the driving distance of the top modern players? Does that now rule out the shorter guys completely? Well, at St Andrews, usually, yes, there's a huge element of that. But this week might be a fair bit different simply because of the bacon weather we're going to get and have been getting for the last week or so uh, that the course is going to really dry out it's already brown and the fairways are more brown than green uh, who knows what, what way the greens are going to go so 
certainly a more strategic golfer could come into this mix. You're going to get a lot of run on the golf ball. Uh, and it'll be harder to stop the golf ball on the green. So those coming in from slightly longer distance, maybe, you know, obviously there's going to be a lot of wedges around St Andrews, there always is, but with a high, uh, high ball flight, being able to stop the ball near the pin before it runs off the slopes could be an advantage. So yeah, there's certainly, you know, the course is certainly not obsolete and it'll always be here and it'll always hold open championships and it's always an interesting affair. I kind of like that it's uh, an open championship venue where, you know, the likes of John Daly and one and Tiger has won and the big hitters have taken it apart. We obviously seen Zach won in 2015, but that was mainly because of the weather. Played havoc that week. Um, but I quite like a, a bombs away open championship. Every every every, every other open championship's different, so th- this is this certainly stands out on its own. But I think I do think as the week continues, we could see strategy come into it a, a fair bit more and placing the ball off the tee in order to get the uh, an approach shot where you can actually hold the green. But it'll be interesting to see just how far the course becomes and whether the the shorter hitters are come right back into the fray yeah certainly when you look at the, the 2015 um you know when you've got zach johnson winning it you've got well, speed back then certainly wasn't amongst the the bigger hitters you know that it does feel like a course where if the conditions are right uh, those type of players can get into it um finally uh we've got lawrence lines saying give me not even no no please no thank you give me a 300 to one shot you can finish in the top 20 lawrence says yeah, well, funnily enough, I'm going to give him a Lawrence as well, Thurston Lawrence. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I, I think he's a he's a lively runner around. He's he's anything from 300 to 400 to one out there for him, and uh, maybe one that I would look to in, in the top 20 market, maybe top South African as well. Uh, comes in in really good form, actually third in the Irish uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, 24th in the Scottish. Obviously, he got his win early on, or well, it was late last year. It was this season. In the Joburg, he's played great golf all season. Plenty of you know top tens in Kenya, uh, South Africa ever since. Obviously, his third place in the Irish, as I mentioned. Playing good golf and putting very well. His approach play was uh, superb last week in Scotland as well. Uh, has played at Dunhill Links uh, and shot 66 here at St Andrews, and has also won a Leatherham Trophy as well. So, uh, a good amateur career uh, around the links here. So. Without doubt, Thurston Lawrence looks uh, somewhere around the 300 to 1 mark, 400 to 1, who could make the top 20 for mm. sure. Richard Bland for me, if you're interested. Um, he's 350 to 1. Uh, he's finished, what is he finished? In the in the Dunhill, he's finished uh, tied fourth in 2021, second in 2020. Uh, you know, we know that in the last couple of years at his best he's been able to mix it with the big boys and, and he certainly knows the course pretty well uh, and he shot a 64 at St Andrews as well in the in the Dunhill links as well so um, I mean it's always I find the European Championship so difficult because normally when it's, when, when it's the Masters or whatever the, the US Open you can look through those kind of three figure prices and, and draw lines through most of them whereas I feel like in the Open you could find yourself suddenly backing off the field yeah, <laughs> and um, but yeah I mean I'd like Blandy to go well um, but maybe he'll just you know when we're talking about how this could be one for the bombers uh, that's certainly not something that he possesses in his in his uh, in his arsenal no but uh, as you say he has mixed up with the best in the last couple of years and certainly a lively runner there as you say with his uh, form at the Dunhill links but there's plenty of guys 
you know, yeah. from 100, 100 to 1 to 300 to 1, you can back with 10, 11, 12 places out there. It's a great week for the punter. Uh, I obviously went with seven selections, but I think if there's any week where you're going to go with seven selections, it can be this week where the, where the place terms available. And yeah, there's loads of lively runners, and I'll probably run to the shops myself and try and get as many uh, <laughs> extra bets on as I can. I'll probably back plenty more as well to try and land the placers and try and get their money back if it doesn't go if it doesn't go our way with the with the shorter price runners. But uh, I just hope you get to see it at the weekend. Yeah, me too. I'm- I'm on, uh, yeah, I'm on holiday with the in-laws, so it'll be interesting. To, and they, uh, they are not golf fans, so it'll be interesting to see how much of it I can manage to watch. Um, I'll be on my phone even more than normal, I think. Uh, but we'll see. Um, cheers, Mark. Have, have a great weekend. Uh, fingers crossed for your selections. Thank you very much for taking the time to chat with us. Uh, before we go, we're going to point you in the direction of the Odds Checker app for the best prices, uh, best prices, bookie offers, free bets, place terms, and Niles tips uh, every weekend ahead of, of major golf, well, ahead of PJ Tour events and some DP Tour events as well. Um, do subscribe to the Odds Checker YouTube channel to find all of our preview content across sports and feature content up there as well. Fingers crossed for a, another brilliant major. It always uh, makes me sad these days that we have to wait nine months after the Open Championship for Augusta, but let's hope it's a, a really brilliant weekend and uh, certainly some value put forward there from Niall and hopefully the winner in amongst those seven as well. Uh, as is always the case, please ensure that you're gambling responsibly and enjoy the golf. <laughs>